Good to see you today. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here today. If you're new this morning here in Pittsburgh or new in Columbus, my name's Kyle, and we're so glad you're here today. We are kicking off a new series today. I'm excited about this series. This is a, this is a series that all of us can relate to today. Whether we're brand new to church, not sure how we feel about God, we love God. No matter where we're at today, we can all relate to this series. It's simply called, It's Complicated. What relationship isn't? Say that with me. It's complicated. What relationship isn't? Man, that is the truth. Relationships are complicated. Life can be complicated. And this morning, we want to just talk to get started today that healthy relationships are complicated. Sometimes we think of complicated and we think of unhealthy We think of messy, we think of problems, but the reality is all relationships are complicated. And over the course of this series, today we're going to be talking about how sometimes our relationship with God can be complicated. We're going to unpack some some heavy stuff today with that. And then next week we're going to talk about, Pastor Adam's going to talk about how sometimes in our life, uh, you know, our self-identity can be complicated Pastor Sean, while Adam's speaking here, will be over there sharing about that. Then we'll talk about how family can be complicated. Y'all know family sometimes can be complicated. So we're excited to see what what God's going to do through this series. You know, thinking about everything being complicated, relationships being complicated, it made me think about my wife and I when we first got married. Some of our biggest moments of complication. There used to be this store called Blockbuster. It was a video store. Now we don't have those, right? But, but they had this store called Blockbuster, and you would go and you could pick out a movie, right? And I remember at times my wife, she always wanted to pick out some movie called Learning to Love Again or something like that. And I would just say, does something get blown up in that movie? Or, you know, is there some type of fight taking place in there? And she's like, no. It's a love story. And I'm like, wait, I've, I already know what that is before I watch it. She goes, you haven't seen it? I go, yeah, I have. She owns a flower shop. She's been hurt in her life. She's ready for love again. Some guy named Ike rides in on a Harley. He's got a past, but he's ready to change. And by the end of the movie or the show, you know, they fall in love and they have kids. It's called the Hallmark Channel. And so rather than seeing learning to love again, you know, I want to see something like No Holds Barred or, you know, Rumble in the Jungle or, you know, Living on a Prayer or something like that. And, you know, we just could never find, and we still sometimes with Netflix or something else, we'll have this big conversation. It's complicated because we want one thing and they want another. There's no sin involved, you know. Let me just start with this today. This message about it's complicated. It, sometimes we can mess up our life with sin, right? Something we do and, and we cause it. That's not what today's message is about. That's a, that's a different, different sermon for a different day. Today is sometimes life is just complicated, even dealing with people who love each other and even within the context of healthy relationships. Life has complications. It's complicated. The definition for complicated says consisting of many interconnecting parts or elements. It's intricate. You know, it makes me kind of think, just to drive home this point today, it makes, makes me think of like one of those interstate loops, you know, that you see. This is actually a photo of a Los Angeles intersect loop. I mean, you have, it looks like 
complicated to me. You've got all these different you know, roads going to different places, and, and this person's wanting to go here, and they're wanting to go there. Some of you, obviously, many of us have been on, you know, in interstate loops like that. And we look at that, and we think, that's complicated. That's a mess. And yet, even though it's complicated, it's necessary. Can I just start with this today? God did not design our lives to be uncomplicated. God did not design our lives for everything to go just how we had planned. God's plan for our life is not to avoid what's complicated. (laughs) I remember different discussions that you have to have with your kids when they reach certain ages. Those are complicated, but they're not to be avoided, are they? See, following God is more about navigating the complicated rather than avoiding the complicated. Let me say that again. Following God is more about navigating the complicated faithfully rather than avoiding the complicated fearfully. That's a mouthful, but let's say that together here in Pittsburgh and in Columbus. Following God is more about navigating the complicated faithfully rather than avoiding the complicated fearfully. Man, it is hard sometimes in relationships, even the healthiest relationships. And that's really what this series is about. What relationship in our lives does not have interconnected, complicated hearts? And so this morning, we're going to look at a man named Job. If you don't know Job, he was a man in the Bible who had a bunch of stuff happen to him in his life, despite the fact that he was a good man. In fact, Scripture says that Job was full of integrity. He was full of of honesty and character. He was upright. In fact, if you were going to nominate someone from his town, you know, to, to serve on the school council or to be, you know, on the chamber of commerce for the town of Uz, because that's where he was from, not Oz, but Uz, you would have nominated Job. Level-headed, sensible, God-fearing, you know? And, and because of that... He, his life was prosperous, and, and he loved the Lord, and he had, you know, a quiver full of kids. That word quiver, we don't say that anymore, but that's a word Scripture uses. A quiver full of kids. They were beautiful. They, you know, they, were, they, just, they had their act together. He had all kinds of servants that, that dealt with all his livestock, and he was wealthy. I mean, wealthy. And life kind of from a distance, you know, if they would have had Instagram or Facebook or something from a distance, his, his life just seemed uncomplicated. And then all of a sudden, one day, his life just changes. Some of us can relate to that. Something happened and everything changed. Things went from what felt uncomplicated and simple and right to complicated, difficult and hard. That happened in one day. To Job. In the course of a day, he he loses all of his livestock, which was his income. He loses his servants, his employees, who who helped work that livestock and and kept his ranch going, so to speak, if you want to use that type of terminology. 
And the worst part of it is, the most devastating part of it is, he doesn't just lose one of his family members, he loses all of his children. I mean, in one day, there's not too many of us who've had all that happen in one day, and that's what happens to Job in the course of a day. And that's beyond complicated. And yet, in the midst of that crazy day, in the midst of that horrible, horrific day, we see this scripture that, that, that just, when I was looking at, the, looking at it this week, just messed with me. Job, after hearing all this news and, and learning of all this tragedy, he stands up. Your family, your, your, your sons and daughters are dead. Your livestock's dead. Your servants are dead. Job stands up, tears his robe, which back then was a form of mourning and grief, shaves his head, same thing, grief. And then he, he falls to the ground and worships. I mean, the math would say you fall to the ground and, and you weep and you're bitter and you're angry. And he falls to the ground and he worships. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've, was, I've been going to church since I was in my mother's womb. I've my whole life. Sometimes I didn't want to go, didn't want anything to do with it. Other times I wanted to be there, but I've always been in church. And, and, and in my head, I, can, I, I believe what Job's doing here because that's the right thing on paper we should do is to, to, you know, to always worship God. But there's this practical side of me, this real life side of me that comes in tension with something like that because it just doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible. So for me, that's kind of complicated. Probably for some of you as well. And yet, Job worships, God's, Job worships God first, even when life gets really complicated. And the question that we have to wrestle with today, this is a, we've never done a series like this one. And this is a heavy meat and potatoes message today. But when life gets complicated, do we worship God first? Question is just intended for us to evaluate that. What's interesting is, is that we know in the Garden of Eden, in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, God creates man and he creates woman and he creates land and, and, and sea and light and dark and animals and, you know, all fish and all this stuff he creates. But he creates Eve, who's this helpmate for, for Adam. And Eve is the one person that God created that no matter how things are going, Adam has that support. In fact, I have this script that I do at weddings where I'll turn to the bride of whoever, you know, whoever the bride is, and I'll say, the world may often misunderstand your husband, but the light of your smile will lighten every load. Job's wife, she's not smiling. She's not lightening Job's load. In fact, when she hears the news, she handles it probably the way a lot of us would handle it. 
She's angry, and she's mad, and she's frustrated. It's complicated. So, you know, you would think that Job's wife would say, you know, honey, I know that we've lost our children, and I know that we've lost all that we have, but Romans 8.28 says, you know, that God works all things to the good, you know, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I mean, I believe that scripture. It's true. But we don't want to hear that right then. I mean, so cheer up, Charlie. Hang in there. I believe in you. Let's pray. Job said, Job's wife says, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Don't cheer up, Charlie. Curse God and die. She wins wife of the year right there. But let's be honest, sometimes we give Job's wife a, this, you know, a bad rap and we kind of look at that in a negative way. But I got to be honest with you today. I would like to think that I would handle it like Job, but I have, an, I have a sneaking suspicion I'd probably be a little bit more like Job's wife. Let's be real. While Job was being faithful, his wife is being foolish. So let me get this straight. Job loses his livestock, his employees, his kids, and his wife's support. Now, i got to be honest with you today. Much like you, I've got big shoulders, not just really in real life. I mean, I've got figuratively big shoulders, And I can handle a lot of things, and many of you can. You've weathered a lot of things. I can deal with a lot of things if my family, if we're all good. You know what I'm saying? If we're on the same page. I was visiting with a pastor friend a year or two ago who his church put him through some stuff. But he said, I was okay because my family supported me. We were good. We We can deal with a lot of stuff. When we have support, can't we? But imagine that support's gone. That's where Job's at. And yet, in the midst of all of that, you have to realize, and I have to realize today, the only conclusion that we can draw is, is if, if everything in his life is falling apart, and his wife is basically telling him the absolute wrong advice to do, the only reason that he's able to continue to be faithful was that God was first in his life above his wife, above his kids, above his stuff, above everything. That's the only logical thing that I can conclude today, because otherwise, why in the world would you be able to posture yourself the way Job is? Not just on paper, in his heart and in his mind, the number one thing in his life was God. And when, you're, when you have your own relationship with God and he's first in your life, it's much, much easier to discern what isn't the voice of God. Now let's just be real. We, we have people in our life that... that that can be enemies or they can be people that try to tear us down and try to discourage us. And when they give us advice, we see it coming a mile away and we look at that advice and we look at them and we're like, man, that's like water off a duck's back. I'm just letting that roll right off. But there are times where really good people 
Job's wife wasn't acting like this when there wasn't this kind of pressure on her. She wasn't acting this way. There are times in life where really good people, if we put those really good, this is good, we put those really good people ahead of God, they will lead us down the wrong road. And whether we want to admit it or not, we can be those really good people that lead people down the wrong road. But because Job worshipped God first, he saw past that stuff, he saw past his wife, and he said to her, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? Read this with me. Read it with me. So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Say that with me, both campuses. Job said nothing wrong. Okay, so he has all this stuff happen to him. His wife's turning her back on him figuratively in a sense. And he says nothing wrong. You can't even just say a couple things wrong when, when things are going on. I mean, Job didn't slander God even when life was slandering him. What, kind, what is this? Loses everything and loses his wife's support. She badmouths God, badmouths the situation. You just, you just need to curse God and die. And Job says nothing wrong? That's complicated for me. Is that complicated for you? Well, I just need to tell him. If I'm not going to tell God, I'm going to tell you. See, I think if Job was here... He would say that God control produces self-control when things feel out of control. God control produces self-control when things feel out of control. Say that with me here in Pittsburgh, Columbus. God control produces self-control when things feel out of control. There are times where we feel like God has left his throne. Now, in our minds, we would get it right on a test. We would say that God hasn't left his throne. But there are times where we feel like he's left the throne. We feel like Job, or maybe more importantly, Job's wife. Listen, we've lost everything. Why is this happening? What did you do? I mean, his friends... If you read later in Job, he's got three buddies. I don't know if they went fishing together, you know, shot clay pigeons together, you know, what, played golf together, whatever. I mean, they did stuff together, and they're looking at Job saying, you've got some sin in your life. Something's happened. You need to repent. You need to get your life right. And Job's like, wait a minute, I didn't. And in the midst of all this persecution and complication, he's so Letting God have his life. 
that he realizes that even though things feel out of control, God is still in control. Can I just tell you today that in, the, that in our lives, even when life feels, come on, let's be honest, there are times where life feels out of control. But listen, there's hope today because God is still in control. Amen? God is still in control. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter what your situation is. God is still in control. There's an element to walking with God that requires trust. And Job learned to trust God even when God didn't explain himself. God, why are these things happening to me? God doesn't answer him. In my life and in your life, and in your life, there are some times where we're so black and white in our thinking, or we want closure. That's probably the bigger thing. We like closure. You know, when we go through something, we're okay with going through it if we understand why. You know, like in Karate Kid, where he has him paint the fence and wax on, wax off. And at the end, you know, Miyagi looks at him and says, Daniel, son, show me paint the fence. And then he's like, oh, that's why. Closure. You were, you were teaching me to do karate even though I thought I was just painting a fence. That's not how God works sometimes. He says, paint the fence, and I ain't going to tell you why. Well, I don't like that. I don't know that I like it either. In fact, Job, later in Scripture, after he's processing all this and he's, he's trying to accept it and he's trying to be faithful to God, Job just tries to get some closure. This is real today, guys. This is where we live. Not everything in our relationships and in our life fits in a nice, neat little box marked, that's why. Job just basically says, you know, why? And God says, where were you? The whole book of, the whole chapter 38 is, is God saying, where were you? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where were you when I separated light from dark? Where were you when I, and he doesn't mean it like he's bragging or, you know, whatever. He's just saying, my ways are not your ways. Not everything is for you to know. And be able to understand. And why do you pray for someone to be healed of cancer and they are, and then another person gets cancer and you pray for them and they don't get healed? I mean, why did, why did you in your mind, you wanted this marriage, you, all you want to do is be married, and you're 30-some years old and you haven't found the right person yet, and you're just asking God why. There's nothing, I mean, you're not sinning, you're just saying, God, Why? And, and, and you see people, you know, th- their kids are in foster care because they can't treat their kids right. And you desperately want to have a child. That's all you've ever wanted. You love kids. And you know how much love you could give a kid. And for whatever reason, you can't. And when you ask God why, you don't feel like you're getting an answer. 
That's complicated. I mean, how many scenarios could I paint today that that would fit with what I'm saying? And I think what Job learned and the the reason that, that Job was able to stay faithful to God after God responds to him and says, basically, where were you? The reason that that, that Job was able to stay faithful to God, even when when God doesn't unpack the the box called mystery and tell us why, is because he realized following God means trusting him when God keeps things a mystery. Now, let me just say this today. If you're a black and white person, this sermon's going to be really difficult for you. I have some people in my own family that are black and white. I live in the gray. Some of us are black and white. Probably most of us are black and white. If you're a black and white person, this message is hard for you because this doesn't fit in a nice little box for you that you can mark this is why, logically. There is black and white in the Bible. You don't sleep with someone you're not married to. That's black and white. That's not gray. You don't lie. That's not gray. That's black and white. God is to be first in our lives. That's not gray. That's black and white. But there are things in the Bible that are mysteries. And they fit more in the gray area. And what Job is saying is, if it's black and white or if it's gray, I trust you. If you want to tell me why, Or for whatever reason, you don't want to tell me why. I trust you. Your name is going to be praised either way. God's plan for your life and my life is not to avoid complicated. The most uncomplicated time of my life is when I was in college and I just had to worry about my own food, my own groceries, what movies I wanted to see, where I wanted to go. Then there was, you know, the definition, intersections, interconnecting parts, interconnecting elements of life. Then then I meet this beautiful girl and and she doesn't want to go eat hot wings. And she doesn't want to go see, you know, Kill Bill 3 or whatever. She doesn't want to go do some of those things. And then you get married, and then all of a sudden you have kids, and those kids grow up, and now you got to watch Finding Nemo. I don't want to watch Finding Nemo. I don't care if they find Nemo. And that's complicated. It's not wrong. It's just there's more to it. And then I I just want to go sit in my chair and my son wants to go out and play catch. So we go play catch. I'm tired. It's 8 o'clock at night. I just just got home from a meeting. I'm tired, Dad. Come on. And it's complicated because my mind's telling me no. Just leave it there. (laughs) But it's complicated because even though I want certain things, I know that's not what's the best thing. I'm laying on this point, I get it, but it's important. Following God means trusting Him. 
even during the mysteries, even when he doesn't answer. So, how do we navigate the complicated? I mean, they're just they're going to be interstate loops in our life that we're going to come to, and our decisions determine which direction we go with that interloop. How do we navigate it? Especially how do we navigate it when it's hard and painful? For those in Columbus, you may not know the former pastor that was here in Pittsburgh, and even those of you here, our church has grown. Some of you may not know, but we used to have our pastor, who still attends here, but our former pastor's name was Jim Sucraw. One of the things he would say to me all the time is, God doesn't waste pain. It's like a pig, you know, they, they even, even eat pig's feet. They use the whole pig. God, God uses everything in our life. He doesn't cause everything, but he'll use everything, Amen. And God doesn't waste pain. Sometimes we just have to realize that while it may be complicated, it's not wasted. Can I tell you that whatever you're going through, if you will let God have everything you are and every good and bad and boring part of your life, it will all be used for his glory. Doesn't mean he caused all of it, but he will use all of it. James says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great bitterness or great joy. Why? For you know that when your faith is what? Tested. When your faith is tested. God doesn't test us. Yeah, he does. That doesn't mean every bad thing that happens to you is a test. The Bible says it rains on the just and unjust, which means we all have things that happen to us. Solomon writes, you know, there's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to uproot and a time to plant. What's that mean? Life is full of different things. Part of that is tests. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they went went through a horrible situation several years ago where they lost their son. And one of the family members, they don't attend church here. They don't go to. And one of them is letting the grieving in the morning take place. And another one's trying to avoid it. And so it's manifesting itself in another way and something else is growing in them. It's not faith. It's anger and bitterness. Something's growing, whether we, whether we handle it God's way or handle it our way, something's going to grow when we have pains and trials. So let, let faith grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will, lack, you will be perfect, lacking nothing. That doesn't mean we are perfect. It means God wants to perfect his nature in us. Can I tell you this morning, 
And I'm, I'm reminding myself as I'm saying this to you, God's plan for our life is not uncomplicated. God's plan for our life is to never have bumps in the road. God's plan for our life is not for everything to be just how you, you and I would like it to be. God's plan for our life is for us to look more and more and more like him, no matter how crazy life can be. And there are times where God will just have us hold something. You know, my kids, when we go somewhere, they want, to hold all, they want me to hold all their stuff. Now, if we're at a roller coaster park, I'm good with that because I hate roller coasters. That'll give me a reason not to ride one. I'll just take your stuff. But sometimes Noah will hand me something like, I don't want that. You hold it. Sometimes we have pain and stuff happen, and we want to we put it down. God just says, hold it and worship me. Sometimes you've tried to fix a relationship. You've said you're sorry. They won't say they're sorry. They won't do anything with that. Where do you put that? God says, just live with the tension and keep worshiping me. Not the tension between you, but just live with the healthy tension of bringing them back to me. Just, just, just keep... Following God is more about navigating the complicated faithfully rather than avoiding the complicated fearfully. This morning here in Pittsburgh and in Columbus, I don't know what you need to do with that. But I I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe not everyone, but maybe there's a few of us today that you've been avoiding the complicated or you've been angry about the complicated. And maybe today the Holy Spirit's whispering to you and to me and he's simply saying to us, will you trust me with the complicated? Will you trust me with the mysteries? Will you trust me when it doesn't make sense? So as we stand together here and in Columbus, here's what I'm going to ask today. The goal of this message today is not to give you a black and white answer that you can go home and feel like you got closure. The goal of this message is for you to stop wrestling and invite God into that struggle in that wrestle say God I, I don't know why this happened God I, I, don't, I don't know where to put this the other day we were going somewhere and the kids were arguing in the back seat I know your kids don't argue but mine do and I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw him back there kind of just talking to you're touching me and all this. And I looked at my wife and said, don't wish it away. Someday they won't be in this back seat having intense moments of communication. Life could be a lot simpler if we just avoided road trips. But we're called to navigate through those 
in your life and in your relationships, what would happen if you would let God hold you or walk beside you or carry you through every part of life, even the complicated? Lord Jesus, I pray your Holy Spirit would unpack in our hearts what we need to get from this. Father, thank you that we can live the life you've called us to live. Father, I pray that we would look more and more like you. Lord, I pray for those people that they've had something happen to them here recently that's really fresh. And while what I'm saying is, is biblical, it's hard to hear right now. I pray, Lord, that you would wrap your arms of grace around those people. We give you praise and glory for who you are. In Jesus' name, all the people said.